just praying that I crash. The ghost guys, they don't want to see you last. That Jacob three million dollars above your tax. A tub full of money, I Rose. Lord forgive me, I'm a sinner, conquer divide niggas Wrong side of the petition, only divine women Better listen when I tell you how I put time in it Please forgive me, God did So leave me in the dark, swimming with the sharks Dope boy, big calm, still the biggest boss Got a kilo on the place, and I'm on the freight Or oh, I could go and buy a bank, I know my money's safe They tell you south They didn't think that we would make it Sky is the limit every day I reach. They was tired of me winning, now they dead sleep. No one see me with the ring, you better play deep. Nigga, God did his thing when he made me. With the eyes stacked against me, I could crack the bitchy. I know only God could judge us, I say that for Britney. They smell blood like a shark, they start acting fishy. Well, I'm gonna have to act ass and they gonna have to kiss me. Please don't hate me just to hate me. Before they overrate me, they gonna underestimate me. But I'm so cultivating, everybody replicate me Nigga face facts, dreadlocks, face tats on the apex I made the culture when I'm twin every day back I fucked the world and what I did, I practiced same sex I prayed more and said, let's God get the rest They count in the They didn't think that we would make it all It breaks my heart It breaks my heart If you ain't heard this, I don't know what to tell you. Hope did. Hope did. Please, Lord, forgive me for what the stove did. Nobody touched the Billy until Hope did. How many billionaires can come from Hope Crib? I count three, me, A, and Re. Bronze and Rock Boy, so four technically. I left the dope game with my record clean. I turned the cocaine into champagne. I cleaned up La Madrina with the same soap. Me and Loro talk about how we slang dope. Huh. Now the weed in stores, can you believe this top? I put my hustle on the foes, can you believe this guy? Then we said, fuck it, took the dope public. Out the mud, they gotta face you now, you can't make up this shit. Judge it how you judge it, say we going corporate. Nah, we just corner boys with the corner office. Whoa. I'm at the cap table, what the splits is? Not that cap table, boy, we lit this. <laughs> we see what the business is. We push a 50 like fitting all. The shit is all legitimate. He was down 10 for this. We just got his 10 back, then went back like where the interest is. M light up the O3. We let y'all do the Zaza's OG for the OGs. Some you niggas out of pocket talking exotic. You barely been it up behind me. That's another topic. Monogram in my pocket off the red carpet. You see the face I made that night, shit is that shocking. Ours wasn't great, we even be alive. Gotta be crazy to y'all, nigga, we surprised. Shit is too much how we grew up. Shit don't even feel real to us. OG sold it, OG called Kingpin. If those are drug laws, then who are we then? Hope is a real nigga's dream. My only goal to make a real nigga feel seen. Sometimes I make a fake nigga hate life. Never my intentions, the consequences of my way of life. The way we used to play with life. I'm now careful with the senses. Them only jail bars of life. 
I never wanted to be the state's custodian. The laws are draconian. With those married to the life, it's holy matrimonian. Somehow we're out fox every box to try to throw me in with great ceremony. Yeah. Folk in them told me how Holly Caddy spoke of him and bloke in them from London, Harrow Road, Western End. I have you speaking to the souls of men, those of them willing to die for the existence that this cold world has chose for them. Kick the snow off a frozen tent, back and forth on his turnpike, really took a toll on them. A lot of fallen soldiers on these roads of sin, those who make the laws, I'ma always have smoke for them. I got lawyers like shooters, working pro bono for him as a favor cause I throw them limbs. In memory of T-Law, I pray none of your people die over jail phones again. All this pain from the outside, inspired all this growth within. Some new planes getting broken in. Come on, ho. Highest elevation of the self. Made a fuck around and gave the bright niggas wealth. Whoa. These ain't songs, these is hymns, cause I'm him. It's Psalm 151. It's New Testament. Book of Ho. Jesus turned water to wine for whole bitches took a stove. Uh. You never know how this shit could go. Me and Biggs probably got too big if they ain't booked that low. Hindsight is 2020. Though he's getting plenty money. Looking back now, this shit is funny. I just got a million off a sink. Without risking a million years trying to get it out the sink. Whole big. They say they don't know me internationally, niggas on the road, dead. Whoa. I see a lot of hoving gigs. Me and me can never beef. I freed that nigga from a whole big. Hove dead. Next time we have a discussion, who the goat? We donkeys know this. Forgive me, that's my passion talking. Sometimes I feel like Farrakhan talking to Mike Wallace. I think y'all should keep quiet. Breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. God did. Come on, man. But look at They count in the south. They didn't think that we would make it up. They didn't believe it up. God did. Come on, man. I, I had to start the episode with that verse because. Oh, let me turn my TV down real quick. Because that verse. It's, it's send waves throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole culture. I mean, yeah, man, that that that's just crazy. Like that that verse don't even make no sense. It really doesn't, man. Um, we gonna we gonna get into it, man. But you got it, episode twenty five, maybe twenty five. I think we might be at a milestone. Hold up now. We might be at a milestone, man. This might be You Got It, episode 25. And if it is, I might have to, uh, we might have to have a little party or something in here. I don't know, man. I feel like this might be episode 25, man. I feel like that, that might be what's going on. But I ain't, I'm not 100% positive. But... Hey, nonetheless, man, you got it. We back. Okay. Episode 24 or 25, one of the two. Um, we'll figure it out sooner than later. Uh, yeah, man, God did. Okay. Just kind of got to get get into that, man. Had to, had to start the, the episode off with that. Hove did. And let, let's not... And let's not um, Let's not act like, I mean, I understand a lot of people, you know, 
they want to listen just to just that verse uh, of that song. But let's not act like Ross and Wayne didn't go in either. Okay, they both went in too. Now, I mean, they ain't do what, what Jay did. They ain't do what Hove did, but they still went in though. You know what I mean? Especially Wheezy. Um, yeah, they still went in, man. So we ain't going. We ain't going to downplay that. But but back to back to Hove though. Come on, man. That that doesn't even make any sense. That doesn't even make any sense, man. It, it really doesn't. Um, what he did on that verse with the the double entendres, the 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 just the the lyrical like exercise. I mean, you know, pun intended. With what he did with that verse is just crazy, man. I mean, it it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm sitting here watching uh. Joe Button podcast, they sitting there, you know what I mean? I think the last episode, they were debating on whether or not it was one of the top hoe versus top 10 hoe versus of all time. Of course, that's top 10 hoe versus of all time. And I understand that, you know, we're talking about hoe. So, I mean, it would seem like, it would seem like that being a top 10 verse is kind of downplaying Ho for real, for real. But no, it's not. It's not. I mean, every time he drops, of course, it's, it's, there's going to be a debate on whether or not that's one of the best verses he ever did. So we're not going to act like that. But, um, yeah, man, that's that's definitely one of the top ten verses uh, that he's ever done. So that that's, that's um, it's not even, I mean, for me, it's not even up for debate. I think the more, more you listen to the verse, the more you realize that that's definitely a top ten Ho verse. Um, don't get me wrong; he's got plenty of verses. I mean, we not. I mean, we're talking about Ho. It ain't like we talking about somebody that um, doesn't do this every time he hops on a track. Yeah, he does. But I mean, but this this was just a, another level. Anytime they're breaking down your your verses on CNN, yeah, man, that's a top ten verse. That's a top 10 verse, man. If they're breaking down your... I mean, well, I don't want to say that that's the only reason why it's a top 10 verse. But that's definitely one of the reasons why. Like, that. that's definitely 100% one of the reasons why. Um, yeah, man. I mean, if they're, if they're breaking down your verse on... I believe it was... What was it? MSNBC? Yeah, if they're breaking down your verse on MSNBC, I mean, you're doing something right. <laughs> okay? Um, but for me personally, though, I mean, I think it was just a, just a bar after bar that he just kept, you know what I mean, just kept going in with. That that put it up in the top ten for me. Okay? I can't speak for nobody else, but for me, um, the the bar after bar and, and the breakdown and, and, you know, how you, how it, you know what I mean, they just played on so many different things. You know what I mean? Like, one word had two or three different meanings in that verse. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah, man, ain't really nothing else to say about it, man. One word had two two or three different meanings in that verse. He gave you about 80-something bars. 
which is even more ridiculous. They did a bar counter. It was like over 80 bars in that verse. It was three minutes and some change long. How is that not a top 10 whole verse? I'm sorry. It is, man. I'm sorry. And the more and more you listen to it, the more and more you'll realize it's a top 10 whole verse. <clears throat> so um, as far as the, the, the album, um, God did the album. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I want to say that um, God did the album, did over 100,000 uh, first week. Might have did over 200,000. I don't got the exact numbers, but I mean, it, it did well for Khaled, which he had an all-star lineup. I mean, he got Drake on it. He got Hove, Wheezy, Future, Lil Baby, Dirk, uh, Quavo, Takeoff, Future, Scissor. I mean, he got everybody. Nardo Wick, who 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 low key is one of my favorite artists. Travis. I mean, he got everybody on it. I mean, so you you gotta expect a, a collar album to, to kind of be good. Um, it was twenty what eighteen tracks. Um, out of the eighteen, I probably liked. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10. I didn't like the year the Eminem joint. Um, 11. I probably liked 11 out of the 18 tracks. It's a solid body of work. So I, I can't, you know what I mean? I like the Quavo and Takeoff album or uh, track. It's a solid body of work. I can't be mad at it. Um, is it something that you, you know, does it have replay value? Yeah, it has replay value, I'll say. Because there are a couple of tracks that I believe are going to, you know, they're going to live for a little bit. Um, and I'm always go back to that to that jam just now. God did the uh, album cut, album title cut. I'm always go back to that. <clears throat> so shout out to Khaled May did it again, another one as he would say, another one. But um, okay. So let me get, but let me let me kind of backtrack a little bit. I did just look up what was going on, and yeah, this is uh, this is this is episode 25 we are at we are at a milestone which is crazy i mean 25 episodes i mean like i said it might not seem like a lot to i mean i don't know it might not seem like a lot to people but to me i mean that's major man especially for like the reasons why i started the podcast and and what it means to me, um, especially like to know that people are actually listening and, and tuning in and tapping in with me when I drop these episodes. Yeah, man, 25 is big for me. Um, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a quarter way to 100. Yeah, man, it, it means a lot. Man. So I'm not going to sit here and act like it don't mean a lot. Yeah, man, 25 means a lot. Um, yeah, man, and, and thank you to all the listeners, man, you know what I mean, keep tapping in, keep tuning in, I'm gonna keep dropping these, these episodes, you know what I mean, shout out to my pops, I'm gonna keep dropping these episodes, and, and we're gonna keep, you know what I mean, keep building, next thing you know, we're gonna be at number 50, then we're gonna be at 75, then we're gonna be at, you know what I mean, then we're gonna be at 100, like, like that's like that's you gotta be. That's the plan. That's the plan, man. So, um, yeah. Shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all for 
for uh tuning in and and you know what I mean and 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 rocking with your boy man rocking with your boy man but yeah man this is this is the jam for episode twenty five right here whoa. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> All right. Episode 25, man. I didn't mean to get that cuss word in there, but um, hey, man. You know, episode 25, we turning up, man. We turning up. We going to touch on a couple of things. Um, this episode, I ain't going to get in, in too much. Uh, but there are a couple of things I, I kind of do want to address. Um, the first thing being, well, I, you know, after the whole verse, uh, next next up is, is is Serena Williams, man. It was bittersweet, man. Serena has been playing in her, potentially her last U.S. Open. I, me personally, I'm a god on the limb and say this is not her last U.S. Open. But if it is, it was bittersweet. It was bittersweet, man. I mean, she, she won the first two rounds. And she was in a third round match playing against somebody who I thought she should have beat. Just my opinion. Um and she didn't beat her, man. She had her she had her up. She was up. She was two points away from winning the first set. She ended up losing. She was up four or nothing in the second set. It went to a tiebreaker. And she kinda got smoked the third set because I think that second set wore her out. And uh she played, it was over a three-hour match, and which is the longest match she's ever played in her U.S. Open career. So at somebody that's, I think Serena's 40, I think, maybe 30. Yeah, I think Serena's 40, 41, actually. But um, not not 100% positive. I have to look that up. But she's she's up there. She's up there in age. For somebody that old to be playing a match over three hours for the first time who hasn't really played a lot of tennis this year to begin with, it's not, you know what I mean? It, it it did not favor her, so to speak. It did not favor her. So, um, shout out to Serena. Uh, I know they asked her after the match, is this the last time we're going to see her at the U.S. Open? And she said she wasn't sure. So, um, she, is, she has definitely been calling with people have been saying is retirement a transition she's never herself actually used the words retire uh so i believe that leaves the door open for her to come back when she wants to and and, you know and and uh compete again um what i didn't like this week was that the first round match they went all out man uh interviewed her had people coming out and singing and, and doing all this crazy stuff as if like she was gonna lose in the first round. This is Serena Williams we're talking about. She's I doubt she's ever gonna lose in the first round at the U.S. Open. I don't care how old she is and how much she hasn't played. She's not gonna lose in the first round. Uh, but they were acting like that was it. That was the swan song. Of course, we didn't know when it was gonna end, but it definitely was not gonna end in the first round. That, that's one thing I do know. But uh. Yeah, man. I mean, 
Serena, one of the one of the goats of of our generation. I gotta get my mouse fixed because this is crazy. I'm over here trying to do everything on a computer with my hand, and I keep bumping into songs and or, or hitting accidentally hitting buttons on songs and all this crazy stuff. But um, yeah, man, there there was there's some debate going on about Serena being the best women's tennis player of all time. And to me, that's a no-brainer. That's automatic. She's the best woman's player of all time. It's not even close. Um, the fact of the matter is that she's up there debatable with some of the best athletes of all time. So if you're talking about women's tennis, how is she not the best women's tennis of all time, women's player of all time? If she's up there in a conversation with Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for like Muhammad Ali for best athletes of all time. Like to me, that's that's laughable. So, um, shout out to Serena, man. Of course, GOAT. Uh, we would love to see her stay around. Um, and at least, at least, at least if I, I know her DNA, man. I mean, I don't really know her personally, but I can tell the type of DNA she has. It's, it's somewhat similar to Tiger Woods, somewhat similar to LeBron, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, people of that, of that, that ilk and the way she went out tonight in a match that she should have won and which she stated, had she had played more tennis this year, she probably would have done a lot better. I believe she'll be back. I will say this though, even though she hadn't played a lot of tennis, I still thought she was going to win the tournament. So that, that just, that speaks volumes for herself. So, um, yeah, man. If if that's the last time we see Serena at the U.S. Open, um, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was it was bittersweet, man. I I wish that she uh, I wish that she would continue to play, and I wish that she was still playing in this current tournament, current tournament, because I was actually a little hurt that she lost. It actually kind of hurt me. I was a little mad. Uh, but nonetheless, though, um. She had nothing to prove. She was out there having fun, and I believe she had fun. She gave the crowd a, a heck of a ride. Um, they were on an emotional roller coaster with her in, in all three matches. And, you know, hopefully that's not the end. But if it was, man, I mean, great career. What more can you say? Great career. Uh, greatest of all time um, on the female tennis side. Potentially is on the Mount Rushmore of of all sports, of all, you know what I mean? Greatest athletes of all time. She's potentially on that Mount Rushmore. It's very debatable. So, um, yeah, we want we kind of want to give it up to Serena right now, man. Give it up to Serena. We'll make it clap. We'll make it clap. Shout out to Serena, man. Um... Yeah, man. Hopefully that's not the last one. But let's kind of, kind of, you know, switch lanes and and get into this no no of the week. And this no no, I I've been. That's what I'm saying. I ain't recorded in a couple of weeks, and I've had this no no on my mind for like for probably like two or three weeks. And I think it's a well deserved no no. And, and it and it actually it actually makes me a little angry for real for real. It makes me a little angry. This no no this no no 
I have a have a soft spot in my a soft spot in my heart for this no no. I dang, you can tell I ain't recorded in a minute. I gotta get my words together. Um, I got a soft spot in my heart for this no no. But it has to be done. Somebody had to say it, man. I think nobody else wanted to say it, but somebody had to say it. So I'm gonna be the one to say it. It is what it is, man. Um, this no no goes to. All the school districts, this is in, in all of America, it, it were, you know, like I said, all the school districts that make the teachers buy the supplies to decorate their own classrooms. What, what kind of, like, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing here in America where we, where we have all this money to send to other countries for wars that we're not even fighting but we can't even supply the teachers, the ones that are educating our youth on a daily basis. We can't supply them with the money they need to 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 get the supplies and to decorate their classrooms. Why did they have to spend the, their hard-earned money to supply their classroom? I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it, and it and it really irritates me. There's all this money out there for education. Um, I don't know where the money goes, but I, you know, I, I, I do believe that they use it usefully. But the fact that, like, the teachers have to go out and use their own money to buy supplies for their classroom, to decorate their classrooms prior to the school year starting, it irks me. It irks me beyond my soul. I, I'm not even going front. That is a very frustrating thing, man. Um, being a teacher is one of the hardest jobs. As we found out during the height of the pandemic, that teachers, after school workers, they are way, way more important and more valued than what they are being paid. Oftentimes, you know, in that field, social services, teacher education, um, things of that nature, you're oftentimes uh, overworked and underpaid. So... With that being said, you're overworked or underpaid. You have to use your underpaid money to supply the stuff for your classroom and get your classroom situated prior to the school year starting. It's unacceptable to me. It's unacceptable, man. It, I mean, to me, it's unacceptable. I, I don't know what we got to do to kind of change that, but something should be done. I, I, you know, I'm every school, every state has an education budget, and in that budget, somewhere along the lines, should be money for the teachers for their supplies to get their rooms ready. Um, or, or, or at least some sort of reimbursement for the teachers if they're gonna spend their money. Um, because you know, of course, naturally, each room is probably going to be decorated, each room is gonna need different supplies, so I don't want to kind of like Isolated to oh, each classroom gets a hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, at least reimburse the teachers for what they spend to get their rooms ready. Like you know what I mean. At least reimburse them. There's no reason why that's not going on. I I just I I just don't understand it. And if you don't feel some type of way about that. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. You know what I mean? These, these educators, um, 
they're taking care of, of people's kids while they're out, you know, making, taking care, you know, making a living. So they're educating, you know, people's kids while they're out making a living. And during that time, they're losing money somehow. They are losing money while they're on the clock. Uh, and, and granted, it might seem like a minor thing because I guess it only happens at the beginning of the school year. But when you think about it, how many times do they have to um, replenish their supplies, redecorate their rooms during the school year? I would say at least three or four times per year, maybe five times per year. You know what I mean? You figure you got the start of the school year. Um, you might have to do something around Halloween, something around Thanksgiving. Uh so what? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That's three times before the before the you know the New Year comes. After the New Year, you got Black History Month. That's four times. You got Easter. That's five times. I mean, yeah. So that, I mean, come on, man. Like they have to come out of their pocket for for those type of supplies and decorations for their rooms. Five times out the year is not acceptable. It's not right. So. uh yeah, as you can see, I'm I'm a little irked by it. you know I'm a, a little irked by it. I don't want to get too, I don't want to go too much in depth about it, but I mean you kind of get my drift in regards to that, and and for that reason alone, the no no I don't know who the no no goes to. Uh, I don't want to say it goes to East School District because you know I you know as someone that occasionally works in the school district, um, I feel like. You know, the school districts, are, you know, for the most part, are doing what they need to do. But that aspect, that just that part right there is not okay, man. So this no-no goes to, I don't know who I'm giving it to. I don't know if it's going to the districts. I don't know if it's going to the government. It's going to whoever is making them, these teachers pay for their supplies, man. That's who this no-no is going to. This no-no is for you. That no-no is for you, man. Okay? <laughs> like, we got we to gotta do better, man. We have got to do better. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. We got to do better, man. And, I, you know what I mean? We got to do better. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say, man. That's all I'm going to say about that, man. Because you know these teachers, man, they be out there working hard, man. They be out there working hard, man. So all they looking for is That's all they looking for. That's all they looking for, man. That's all they looking for. Excuse the cuss words, man, on on this episode, but we going in today. It's episode 25. We doing it, we, you know. I'm not really cussing. I try not to cuss during these episodes. I, I try my best not to do that. But as far as the songs, though, you might get you might get a little something here and there. <clears throat> you might get a little something here and there in the songs, man. You won't get it from me, but you will get it in the songs. Um, kind of getting on to the next thing on the docket, man. Uh, hey, this time is flying, man. Time is flying. 
<clears throat> Next thing on the docket is uh, raising Caney. Raising Canaan is back. They are three episodes in on the second season. And um, if you don't know what Raising Canaan is, it's a spinoff of the Power series. If you don't know what Power is, you've been under a rock. Um, but this is the spinoff about uh, Canaan from the original Power and his upbringing. And yeah, man, it got me hooked. Uh, the, episode, the episodes are very entertaining. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you might want to either mute this part of the, of the episode or cut it off, do whatever you got to do, because I am about to kind of go in right now. So if you if you kind of remember what happened at the end of the last season, um, Kanan shooting Detective Howard and uh, going out of town and, and kind of getting low while, did, you know, Detective Howard did not die, and Kanan... Um, yeah, man, he, you know, didn't catch his first body. He thought he did, but he didn't. So it kind of starts, this season kind of starts with bringing him back to New York. Detective Howard getting out of the hospital and kind of having amnesia and not knowing what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, Detective Howard, man, he, he, he doesn't, he does know what happened. Okay, but he's acting like he does not know what happened. But he does know what happened. He knows that Canaan shot him. But Canaan is his son. So he's not going to put his son in jail. So that that's an automatic. He's not going to put his son in jail. And, man, did he put did he, did he he put something in motion that hurt my heart? Oh, what Kyla say? It breaks my heart. I got to make that a drop. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, man. He put something in motion that got Scrappy killed. He told Rock, I don't know if, if Rock is Kanan's mom. She's definitely the OG of the show. But Detective Howard told Rock that Scrap was snitching. Scrap was one of his one of her soldiers. And you know what I mean? He set this whole thing in motion that basically got Scrap killed, man, at the end of sec- the second episode. And boy, did it hurt. Did it hurt? Scrap was a soldier. He didn't deserve that. He was not snitching. They couldn't prove it. And I just did not like it, man. It hurt. And when and when I and when I come to think about it, it's in regards to like all the powers. Um, you know, there's always certain things that happen and you know people are definitely gonna get, you know, dealt with. I mean, this is this is a series, this is a TV series. So, you know, we're we're speaking strictly uh TV and TV you know, character uh, land. Um, certain things are going to happen. Certain people are, are, are going to get eliminated off the show. And when you kind of take into account that when these people get eliminated off the show, whether they, you know what I mean, it's an untimely death, uh, they just disappear or, or, you know what I mean, go to jail. There's, you know, many ways they can, they can get written off of the show. You can get written off as of episode in a in a couple of different ways. You have to also think about when that happens, these actors are no longer getting paid. So they're essentially losing work when that happens. So I understand that, you know, the writers, Courtney Kemp and, and, and everybody else in the writers' room, shout out to Courtney Kemp. Um, shout out to Fifty. Uh 
Also, 50 is the GOAT, too. So that's another thing, man. Um, this is kind of off topic, but if, if if I had an opportunity to... They always ask the questions about, like, if you got an opportunity to go to dinner um, with, you know, such and such or take uh, 100000 you know, two hundred or 500000 a million dollars, what would you take? Um, if you ask me that question, I'm going to dinner with 50, man. I want to pick his brain, man. This is one of the most intelligent people, you know what I mean, in the world. And a lot, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's actually acknowledged or looked at like that outside of, you know what I mean, black culture. But this dude is a mogul, man. Like, it's unbelievable, man. I would, I would pay anything to sit down with him for an hour, two hours. What the heck was that? That sounded like it was some fireworks, man. Oh, what that is. I would pay anything to sit down with 50 and pick his brain, man. And just kind of like, you know what I mean? Just have a conversation with him, man. And just go through a whole bunch of different topics. And just kind of like, just gain information. Just gain knowledge from him. He's one of those ones, man. 50 is him. Um. So, I, I yeah, I would love to do that, man. Shout out to 50, though, man. Tycoon Weekend. It looked like it was a great time down in Houston. Hopefully one of these years I'm going to get down there. But, uh, yeah, man, so back back to what I was saying. But shout out to 50. He's the GOAT. Um, yeah, man, those writers, man, They have, when they have to write these characters out of shows, I understand that they, you know, they have to have a soft spot for these characters because they're essentially putting them out of work. Um, so, you you know, you got to be creative with, with ways to, to kind of, like, in the way power is shaped as it being, you know, somewhat of a street show. Um, you know, majority of the times people get written off shows, they are usually killed. So I think that the writers, they, they get creative with trying to get people off the shows or, or, or let's say write them out of the shows without actually killing them and giving them the opportunity to potentially come back in later episodes. So I, I, you know, I, I give a shout out to Courtney Kemp and the writers and, and all the people that are in shows like that, like Snowfall, uh, Power, um, just shows like that where, you know, it involves an element of violence and to be able to keep these, these, uh, these actors in these series longer, you know, just to, you know what I mean? Just for their well-being, man, just for their well-being to take care of their families and stuff. So I know it's a hard job and... So shout out to the writers, man. Shout out to the writers. But anyway, uh, scrap, scrap is dead. I'm not happy about it. Uh, we will, you know what I mean. We'll pour out something for scrap uh, before the next episode, man. But I didn't like the way Rock did it. Lulu did not want to shoot scrap. Marvin didn't want to shoot scrap. He said he wasn't doing it. Lulu killed D-Wiz. He said he was not shooting no bells. And and they didn't have no reason to kill Scrappy, man. So uh, as we go into episode three, episode four, which is coming out this weekend, Unique is definitely, you know, he's he's gotten out of jail after they framed him for shooting Detective Howard. And he's back, man. He's back trying to, you know, get some things done. But he don't got no team with him. He was sitting down long enough that, you know, all his soldiers and his whole team, 
they left and went to the other side. So he is by himself, and you know he he's he's causing rock. He's causing some problems for rock. So we we will kind of see where where that goes, man. Um, but as of right now, man, I'm loving the series, man. We we about to be at episode four. I'm loving the series. Um, can't wait for the next couple episodes to kind of see where we go, and then and then that power mid season um break that they always do. Is coming up after episode five, so, um, but if you haven't if you haven't tuned in, uh, get the stars app, um, get stars, you know what I mean, on your cable package, whichever you want to do, and and tune in, man, raising Canaan, man. Uh, shout out to um, all the Power series, Power Book, uh, Ghost, um, Power Book Force. With Tommy and there's like some some power some power beef right now between Tommy and, and uh Brayton, um Deani Paolo, Joseph Sakura, uh there's some there's a little bit of friction between them, so there's some power friction going on, um that I you know that I think for some reason I feel like it's a, it's it's definitely going on because, um somewhere along the lines in Power Book Ghost, those two are going to meet up and they're not going to like like each other, that's that's how I feel about all this is going on. You know what I mean? So you got to plan stuff like this like months ahead. If they don't like each other in the show, they have to get used to not liking each other out, out in public. So we'll see if this is a a, a rollout for Power Ghost and, and this whole thing with Brayden and Tommy and 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 uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But that's my prediction with that. Also, speaking about the Power series too, I just recently found out that they are no longer. Um, doing Power Book 5, which was supposed to be Lorenz Tate's, uh, Councilman Tate, um, his uh, his Power Book. And I kind of am a little upset about that. I was interested in seeing the political side of power at Councilman Tate, especially because he's a grimy dude. So I was kind of looking forward to that, man. Hopefully they, they put that back in production. Um, as of right now, there's a pause on it. Uh, I don't know why, but there's a pause on it and it's no longer being produced. But let's, you know, let's try to let's try to petition to get it, bring it back, man. Because that that whole political aspect is a whole different, whole different avenue of power that we've never seen before. It's like the same thing with like the wire in season two when they had the ports and the docks, man. And and, and season five when they did the episodes with the newspapers like that, politi- like those episodes are important because there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you know happens in the political office that we don't really see. So I was really interested in Councilman Tate's um view in, in the power universe, man. So hopefully, you know, Courtney Kemp and, and Pat and Fifty decide to bring that back. Uh, and we'll see, man. I'm gonna keep petitioning for it. So we'll see what happens, man. Uh don't got a lot of time left, but we're gonna get into a little bit of sports right now. Um, which is always my, you know, always my bag. I always like to talk sports, but I always like to, you know, kind of be versatile in, in what I talk about on these episodes. Um, but we're going to start with the NBA, man. We're going to start with the NBA. The Kevin Durant saga is over, okay? Um, you know, essentially, I th- you know, I think not last episode, the episode before that, I kind of told you that Kevin Durant wanted out because Kyrie Irving did not get a long-term contract and he didn't want to be left holding the bag by himself. 
and he wanted out. So um, I did want KD to stay in Brooklyn because I feel like they got a very good team. And with KD, they can win a championship. And it appears as if all sides have kind of come to a mutual understanding. And KD's going to be back, man. So, you know, we love to see it, man. Brooklyn, stand up. We love to see it. I'll be at a couple games this year at the Barclays. So we love to see it, man. Brooklyn, you know. Uh, but so shout out to KD and, and, and uh, you know, Joe Sy and, and Sean Marks and everybody for getting it done, man, and, and keeping KD, you know, happy. As somebody that is arguably top five, you know, very debatable top five, um, if not top three player in NBA, um, yeah, you don't want to lose him, especially after you just lost James Harden. So, and also a very underrated move that Brooklyn did was they signed Marquise, Marquise Morris um, from the Heat, who is, you know what I mean, a bruiser, tough-minded, defensive player, knockdown three-point shooter, will give you, you know, some brute on the inside, which is what Brooklyn is lacking. Um, and they've kind of filled out a very nice roster right at this point right now. Kyrie, Ben, KD, they brought brought in T.J. Warren. Uh, Bubble T.J. Warren was getting 30 or 40 a game, so he's with solid piece. They still got Seth Curry, still got Patty Mills, still got Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton. They just picked up Markeith Moore. I mean, like, they, they, they have a championship roster. Um, do I think they need one more big man? I'm going to say they need one more big man. Uh, that big man either being Blake Griffin or somebody like a JaVale McGee type. I'm not sure if he's available, but he would be a perfect fit for them. Um, just someone that, you know, can do the dirty work down low. So uh, hopefully they can get one more roster piece. And, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how that shakes out, man. But, I, you know, I like it. I like it. So I like KD coming back. And at least seeing what, what they can do in a non-COVID year. You got to remember, since KD's been in Brooklyn, it's pretty much been COVID the whole time. So this non-COVID year, and and, and let's and, and this is another thing, too. We're not going to act like the, the Nets would not have won the championship if Kevin Durant's foot was behind the line on that three-pointer at the end of regulation against the Bucks in game... Six, I think, believe game six last year, and and when his foot wasn't behind the line, okay, he ended up it ended up being a two instead of a three. So instead of going home and sending you know the, the Milwaukee Bucks home for the series, it went to overtime. He ran out of gas, and Milwaukee ended up winning the finals. But if KD's foot is behind the line, they win the championship. They go to the finals and easily beat the Phoenix Suns. It's not even close. And that was with KD by himself. James Harden was not really a factor. Uh, Kyrie was hurt. Giannis has stepped on his foot. So we're not going to act like Brooklyn has not is has not been knocking at the door of the championship. They have been. Um, they didn't have a good playoff series this year, but COVID year. You know what I mean? So so I'm, I'm interested to see what they do in the non-COVID year where Kyrie can play home and away games the whole season. And, yeah, man, I, I like I like KD coming back and, and just the team just giving it one last go 
one last ride to see what see what happens. Uh, the next big thing that happened in the league since the last time we've been around is Donovan Mitchell, which actually this just happened uh, yesterday. Donovan Mitchell being traded from the Utah Jazz to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know what it is with Donovan Mitchell and wanting to be in very, very boring cities. Well, no, let me not let me not say Cleveland and Utah are boring cities. Let me just say that they're not um, they're not major markets. So I'm not sure. What it is. Yeah, boring is is a bad word. I don't want to I don't want to talk about the city like that. I've never been to Utah, so I couldn't say it's boring. Um, I've been to Cleveland and I've had fun in Cleveland, so I would not say Cleveland's boring. So let me kind of retract that statement. We'll just say that uh, not not major markets. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. He must he must like to be in those type of areas. So I uh, yeah, man, I I got nothing against it. Um, him wanting to go to Cleveland, but when you get an opportunity to go to the Knicks, go to Miami. Um, and you end up in Cleveland. I mean, it's a good get for Cleveland for sure. It's the biggest star they've had since LeBron. So, I mean, obviously that's a that's a you know very big get for them. For Donovan Mitchell, can you win a championship with Cleveland? Yeah, you can if your name is LeBron. Um, other than that though, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know if they can win a championship. I will say this though. They do have one of the best starting fives in the league. So if you got Darius Garland, all-star, Donovan Mitchell, all-star, Karis LeVert, um, basically six-man of the year, borderline all-star player. You got Jared Allen, all-star, Evan Mobley, future potentially all-NBA. I ain't going to say all-star. Evan Mobley has all-NBA potential. That's a very strong starting five. Um, you got two rim protectors. You got three three ball handlers that can score at all three levels. They can make plays off the dribble. Um, they got they all Garland and, and and Donovan Mitchell have a handle that is unmatched. And um, yeah, man. I mean, and you know they got bigs, bigs that can score. They got Kevin Love coming off the bench, <clears throat> you know, stretch forward. So because they don't really have a lot of shooting with that lineup. Of course, Donovan Mitchell could hit the three. Karis LeVert could hit the three. Uh, Garland could hit the three, but they are not what you would consider spot up or knockdown shooters. They could hit the three ball at a very efficient clip, though. But you know, you got bringing Kevin Love to that stretch five, stretch four position. And you you got something. You got something that, that you have to kind of worry about uh, is in regards to um, a seven-game series, man. They're going to be a tough out. If Donovan, if Bubble Donovan Mitchell shows up, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, if you remember, Bubble Donovan Mitchell was getting like 35 a playoff series. So... I think, you know, kudos to Cleveland for, for making that move. Um, shout out to Danny Ainge, though. Between trading Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, he's accumulated 15, 
first round picks. I believe 10 of them or 11 of them were unprotected, which means that don't matter what the team do, they're going to get them. And and that those those picks have been accumulated for the next seven years. So obviously they have a plan and they're sticking to the plan. And I think the first step of the plan is to get the big seven four kid from France uh next year, which is gonna be very hard to do. I don't see them tanking because they you know, Utah got a lot of talent back from those trades. They had Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Laurie Marketing. I mean, they got some. I mean, they got some players back in those trades. And and one thing about Colin Sexton, he plays hard. He's gonna play hard all season, all eighty-two games. Ain't no tanking with him. That's for sure. So, um, you know, if their plan is to try to get the seven-foot-four kid from France, who's supposed to be the next generational talent to come into the NBA. Uh yeah, if you seven four and you can hit the three ball and you can drive and dish and and block shots and rim protect. Um yeah, man, you're a special talent. And, and this kid is supposed to be a very special talent. But I will say this, Utah, your chances of getting him, I don't really think are that good. Are you gonna be in the lottery next year? Yes, you will be, but you're not gonna be the worst team in the league. That title belongs to the Spurs. At least, I believe so. Especially after they got rid of uh, DeJounte Murray. That title is going to belong to the Spurs. So, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, with the seven, uh, you know, years of, of unprotected, 15 unprotected picks, or well, first-round draft picks, uh, 11 or 12 unprotected, you're going to find a star in one of those drafts. Um, but is that star going to be Victor, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, from France? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Uh, but kudos to Danny Ames, man. You know what I mean? He, he's a, he, he gets it done on the GM side. He gets it done. He makes he makes roster moves. He put together that Celtics roster. Um, and now I feel like he's about to put together a serious Utah roster. Uh so we'll see what they do. Um, and, and you know, I guess they're saying that with the Donovan Mitchell trade, that's pretty much the last major trade that is probably going to happen uh, in this NBA offseason. Now, of course, there's still the, the uh, rumblings about Russell Westbrook and him being, leaving L.A. and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Patrick Beverly getting bought out by Utah and signing with the Lakers was a big thing, and everybody thinks that – him and Pat Bev are not going to get along. Come on, man. Him and Pat Bev are easily going to get along. Um, the whole thing about not getting along on a basketball court when they weren't on different team or on the same team, what do you expect? They're playing against each other. They're both competitive. They are, they are very competitive with high spirits. Okay? Like, those dudes are spirited competitors. What do you expect? You expect them to get along on the court knowing both of their personalities? Come on, that's not going to happen. But now that they're on the same team, of course they're going to get along. That's not a, that's a no-brainer. So I would love to see Russ stay in L.A., I believe, with Russ. 
Um, with Pat Bev, with a healthy AD, a healthy LeBron, they re-signed uh, Melo. I believe that in the seven-game series, I'm still going with LeBron, man. I don't care what you say. LeBron, AD, and Russ, and Russ in a seven-game series is going to be hard to beat. Period, man. In a playing situation, best of three, whatever, whatever you want to call it, they're going to be hard to beat. I'm 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 rad with LeBron on that ten times out of ten until I see otherwise, man. So I don't see them trading uh Russ. Um you know, for Russ's sake, I think you know what I mean, he wants to stay home, man. He should get another opportunity. Last year was not a good opportunity for him to play with them because they could not stay healthy. He was the you know, the most consistent and healthiest player on the roster last year. So let's let's see Russ, um, AD, and Braun healthy for at least sixty games together, and then we and then we can you know reassess if they play the first half of the season thirty plus games together, no injuries, and they're terrible. Then you move Russ. All right, then that's understandable. I can't you know what I mean. I got nothing to say about that. But until that happens, you don't move Russ. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. How are you getting rid of him? So we, you know, we ain't gonna get into all that, man. We're gonna save that um, for next week's episode, or, or, or you know, a little bit further down the line. And I definitely next week we will get into the NFL predictions. Um, you know, football season that started. College football has just started this past weekend. Shout out to Pitt, hell to Pitt for beating West Virginia and sending them back to Morgantown uh, with a big fat L. Um, so shout out to uh you know my alma mater, and um yeah NFL next next week man we starting it off Steelers man, so we going we going to revisit um my top five storylines from the preseason and we going to change change those around and, and go into the top five storylines of um of the regular season. So based on what I seen in the preseason, we going to kind of tap into that. So that's going to be next episode. Um, look for it coming out next week. It'll be episode 26 because we reached a milestone. We reached a milestone this episode, episode 25. Turn me up. So we're going to get up and out of here, man. This episode went kind of fast. I think I was talking fast. Uh, I got to get my podcast voice back. Um, but nonetheless, man, we getting out of here, man. Shout out to Jack Harlow, man. Uh, Jack said that this was a, this was a, a hit. And this is a hit right here, man. Shout out to Jack Harlow, man. This is a hit, Jack. It's a timeless record, Jack. Uh-huh. I can put you in. This is a timeless record, man. Hey. Hey. Uh-huh. I can see the whole city from this balcony. Back in 2019, I was outside freely, but now they got it out for me. I don't care what Friday you was in, you can't out for me. Keep dreaming. Pineapple juice, I give a sweet, sweet, sweet. I know what they like, so I just keep cheesing. Hard drive full of heat seeking.
trying to come the same day as Jack rethinking. You don't need Givenchy, you need Jesus. Why do y'all sleep on me? I need your reasons. Uh, I got plaques in the male peak season. Shout out to my UPS workers, making sure I receive it. You can do it too, believe it. I've been a...